East and West with Mario and Les, with your hosts Leslie Russo and Mario Kiki. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of East and West with Mario and Les. I of course am Les and this is my co-host. Mario Kiki, how are you Miss Leslie? I'm so good, how are you Mario? Mario Kiki. Mario Kiki, I'm exhausted, like I dramatically told you five seconds <laughs> It's been a week, another week from, you know, these Bravo Lebs don't realize it's summer break. Like, they don't stop. You know? I know. They it's, are just, it's very busy for the summer for them. It's, yeah, they need to be cool for the summer, like uh, Demi Lovato once famously said. But um, I'm good. I'm going to go see Janet Jackson tomorrow. I'm going go to go to her concert. Um, and I'm actually planning my 20 year high school reunion. Oh, cool. (laughs) I just gave my age. Um, no, but yeah, we, we have our first planning meeting tonight. And so shout out to my people that are going fam, fam and Gus, they listen, fam, (laughs) they listen to this podcast, um, uh, by all for, I don't know if they do it because they like us or they're just friends, but, um, they are both going to join me tonight and we're going to plan our 20 year reunion. I'm going to tell them all about my friends, pretend the house spies are my friends. Be like, well, let me <laughs> exactly. Oh my God. My friend who, um, be like, and of course friend- now I'm blanking and can't think of anything, but be like my friend Ariana found out that my friend Tom, <laughs> such a mess. Oh, let me give you all the updates. No, oh my good. God. How are, you, how are you doing? Aww. I'm good. Let me tell you that the 20th reunion is much more fun than the 10th reunion. I feel like the 10th reunion. Yeah. I, I think they did a 10 year dinner because here's the thing we tried planning a 10-year reunion I have memories of this but at the time I agree y'all should just skip the 10-year reunion because you're still in your early 20s or late 20s at that point and right we don't know what the fuck we're doing and so I think um I didn't go to the 10-year dinner I think they still did something but I didn't go because I was I don't know I just was like fuck this right and so um so yeah, the 20 year, now that we're all older, we're almost 40. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we've matured. Um, right. Like everybody's in their spot in life now, I feel like. I mean, I had a baby. I had a baby at the 10th. I, I mean, I had literally just had a baby. And oh, all wow. I remember is working out like a psychopath <laughs> right before. Well, well every, I'm feeling the pressure. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, okay, I need to tone up and look. Because the thing is, the thing is, I didn't gain my weight until after high school. Oh, okay. okay. And so I lost all the weight. So I'm like, well, shit, I should walk around with like a before and after picture because I've lost 165 pounds. And <laughs> Just wear a knows. t-shirt of your, like with the before and after on a t-shirt. I'm like, nobody knows that because I weigh, I think I weigh a little less than what I did in high school, but I look the same. So these people are going to look, look at same. me and be, the people are going to be like, oh, well, nothing. Whatever. Right. You know what? I lost weight I and, my you. and my hairline. So <laughs> apparently, listen, but what's interesting about these reunions, though, is that they're not as chaotic as the reunions that we see on these Bravo shows. Could oh, you well, imagine? for sure. Could you no. imagine? No, I cannot if, imagine. <laughs> if there was like a mediator at these high school reunions and they're like, Mario, how do you feel about A, B, and C? I, I think I was pretty good in high school. I have some, 
messed up trauma that I should apologize for to some people. But I don't know. Uh, I, you know what? Maybe I just developed a concept. Maybe I should suggest that at the meeting tonight and be like, "That's hilarious." Can you like, imagine? Right. Be like, okay, y'all thought this was going to be a fun reunion. I'm here to mediate. So back in high school, <laughs> you said, no, I'm just kidding. Back but in I high mean, school, you slept with your best friend's boyfriend. What do you have to say about that today? 20 years later. He was terrible in bed and I judge you for keeping <laughs> with him. So, but anyway, God, we uh, sidetracked on the high school. Reunion. We definitely did. We went off but on like a tangent there. We went on a tangent, but you know what? Sometimes you have to take a little break from the Bravo world. Um, speaking of, oh, look at that little uh, transition. Speaking of taking a break from the Bravo world. Nice Kim, Kim Zosiak thought she was taking a break from the Bravo world. But now that she's divorcing Croy Bierman, she's been back in the headlines back on the back on our radar um what's sad to me is that i saw the headline from tmz that croyd 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 Croyd. uh, yeah croyd's car is being repoed and um his lawyer essentially said that yeah they are struggling with money kim doesn't know or or pretends that she doesn't know now Croy is coming out with a big gun saying that Kim has a gambling habit, that she is exposing their youngers to mm-hmm. behavior that is not good for their mental health. And he's also worried that she's going to go back on Atlanta and like essentially blast their business, to which I say, please do. I wouldn't doubt it. And please do. Yes, please do. And that's a good segue into us telling you guys that, um, we are not going to be recapping Atlanta this week and no. we'll have to, it'll have to be a case by case basis because I love Atlanta. I've watched Atlanta since day one. It's, it's really boring. And I hate to say that, but it's, it's been, a, it's been good. a, it's been a chore to try Watch to it. make it, make it sound interesting even, or like react to it. I'm just kind of over Marlowe theatrics and it feels so contrived and it feels so I don't know I it breaks my heart um mine too I'm not gonna I took a bereavement day from work because I was just in mourning (laughs) knowing that I listen I'm still gonna watch let me put on my black veil and Yes, I, I'm going to do a whole nine day rosary like we do in the Mexican culture. I'm going to order pan dulce. <laughs> I am literally like, wow, this season is man. And you know what's sad is that my friend Pham has never watched it constantly. Like she's touched on it here and there. But right. she's like, oh, let me join the Atlanta train in real time. And now I'm like, oh, uh, my God. Uh, you no, are this watching. is the worst season for her to start watching. I know. I told her to jump on the OC train because um, yes. OC is good this season so far. Um, it's only been two episodes. But the fact that the bar Atlanta's lowered the bar a little bit, no shade. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was just like, oh, good Lord. But I don't know. Like, So thank you for reminding me that we're not going to cover Atlanta. Yeah. Because that's just been been a bit of a chore if something does happen because listen we are bravoholics to the day mm-hmm. we die but so far there's been nothing that i think i want to talk about because it's just no. been like a snooze fest nothing um, mage hopefully i mean maybe when the ogs come back because kim zolciak's making a cameo lisa Wu's making a cameo um and the long forgotten uh what was her name deshaun 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 why is Deshaun making cameos, first of all? Like, I don't even know if 
new fans know who Deshaun is. I live. I barely remember Deshaun. I mean, I know her, but like (laughs) at this point, come on. I remember Deshaun and she was a very nice woman. I remember she said she got (laughs) fired from the show because she was too, um, she was too human for a circus show. If I remember her quote correctly. Oh my God. Which makes sense. But what's interesting is that when she got fired, that's when Candy came on. And Candy was, didn't come on crazy and cuckoo, but she was just more interesting, I guess. Right. But anyway, back to Croy. I do feel bad for their kids because everything that they're arguing about publicly is like, it's for the kids to see. And they're going to know. I know. Like, it's it's on the internet. And it's... Um, it's everywhere. It's, it's pretty chaotic. Uh, speaking of breakups, Tom Schwartz... Uh, said on the TV show that he's on. I have not been watching that Mars show that they're doing, whatever. The I watched, I started to watch the first episode, like when I got into bed one night and I fell asleep. It, like I was laughing a little. It's okay. I don't, I don't know what they're exactly doing. Maybe I'll go back. Yeah, it's called Stars on Mars. And I know that Portia Williams is on it, who I love. And so I thought that, that would make me watch it, but. Me too. I ended up- I ended yeah. up watching um, Speed from 1994. It was great. It was a great, <laughs> it was a great uh, alternate choice. Um, but Tom Schwartz apparently said on that show that he was, quote, permanently done with Sandoval after he had an affair. He said wow. any, any sort of version of Sandoval's side of the story is now obsolete because of how he handled it. Ultimately, that's his life. I did not have an affair. I am not him. It's mm-hmm. just so strange that I've been absolutely mired in this. He did face the backlash, uh, rightfully so, for the alleged cover-up yeah. of the affair. It was discovered, you know, that we know now that he had known about the affair for months and just chose not to share it with Ariana. Right. So it's been... That's a big statement, though, coming from him, that he's permanently done with Tom. I mean, that's a breakup in itself right there. For sure, because they've been friends and lovers kidding they've been <laughs> friends for so long allegedly wouldn't Joe be surprised Joe. allegedly <laughs> um i'd watch no but i think that it's interesting because he said it's been a huge source of stress in his life and he's right. been depressed and horrible i i get why people are angry at him if he did know and didn't tell i actually this is why we watch these shows one of my friends stopped speaking to me back in 2000 and something way uh-huh. long ago because okay. i I saw completely, I mean, she was one of my best friends, but I think that what had happened was I had heard rumors that her boyfriend was cheating on her. Okay. I didn't tell her because it was all hearsay. And right. then I saw him with another girl oh, and I God. still didn't say anything. And so when she found out that it was true and she heard that I knew, she, she we still never spoke. We have never spoke since then um it's been years okay but But let me ask you a question i think she would have done the same thing if you were the messenger too that's the problem it's like a slippery slope you don't know what to say i didn't know what to say i still don't know how when to intervene in relationships because i i give my friends terrible advice and i'm very transparent my first response is break up with him like that's always my first and that's done yeah that's not a productive response like I don't care if you're Uh married but to me it's like I and I always tell my like my mom was there one time when uh somebody was venting to me and I said 
oh, just cheat on him already. Like he doesn't care. He doesn't right. deserve. And my mom's like, how dare you give that advice? And I'm like, it's not an advice. <laughs> Standing recommendation, but I still don't know how to handle it. And I, not to, and I hope this is not being misconstrued as me defending Schwartz in any way, mm-hmm. because they have a completely different circumstance. They had a TV show. They were producing this fake right. Schwartz Raquel awkward kiss that it I wasn't can't get out of right. my head. And so I want to believe that Schwartz had better intentions and maybe he didn't know that they were plowing at the time. I mm-hmm. don't know. But I do believe that he is more concerned with his image than his friendship with Sandoval. Because I think what's fascinating about these shows is that I think that they're in 20 years are going to look back and be like, remember when? Because all of this is going to stop one day. Like, this is all going to go away one day. It has to. I mean, what is it going to be like Vanderpump in the in the nursing home? Vanderpump (laughs) home? With Lisa Vanderpump. I mean, isn't Vanderpump there already? <laughs> I mean, my God. She's... All right. I'm not oh, even going to get into what I think about that because I don't want you like Vanderpumpies after me. I'm kidding. But Ken Todd is probably, you know. Oh, he's right got now. one foot in the door. I mean. <laughs> this is terrible. Um, but I, I think... can't believe Ariana. No, not Ariana. Uh, when Ariana was out of town, I did terrible accents. <laughs> I can't believe Zanzibar. And then it, Lisa tries to pretend she's interrupting him. Like, girl, you told him to say this. Shut up. Of course. But anyway, um, so yeah, I don't know if, I think Schwartz and Sandy will be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we'll just see where it goes. Now, that's a little melancholy. So we're going to end on a dark note because I love <laughs> darkness. Um, as far as headlines go, apparently... Now, please don't come for me, Mr. Bodiedel. Um, I know. Apparently, he is, he recently, Andy Cohen said that Bodiedel texted him. Somehow, Bo got his number to clear his name and said, this is, you know, mm-hmm. Andy's words were, Bodiedel tracked me down. That sounds scary in itself. I um, know. I know. I That's why I don't tweet anything <laughs> really about him by name. <laughs> leave me alone. Please leave me alone. Um, but now he came for Joe Gorga directly after part three aired. He called him yeah. a little punk. He said, I'm the wrong guy you mess with. Listen, I, I'm I'm scared. Like, I would not want to be re- on the receiving side of Mr. Bodino. No. He said, all of a sudden, this little punk Joe Gorga comes out and he has something to say to me that I lied about, that I did investigations on this uh, cast members. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you right now, Joe, I told you and your wife, I did not do that. As far as me doing any personal investigations for Lou, other than cast members, that's none of your business, you little punk. I will tell you what, if you call me a liar and you want to have a problem with me, I don't think you want me after you. Oh my god. Oh my god. The uh no. And then he's like, you want to play with me? Oh, it gets me? worse. Yeah. Yeah, he says, you want to play with me? Why don't you ask some of your friends about me? I'm the wrong guy you mess with. Ooh. Okay. Well, that's lots of threats this week. That's very Yes, very threatening. Um very Yeah, he I says think- you might go in the gym there, but you better watch your little muscles. Muscles don't give somebody balls. <laughs> <laughs> I want to find out is there like a room I can walk into and like look at muscles and see if I can play with them or <laughs> just be like hi I'm here to make sure that your muscles still I, I just want to make sure your balls the muscle are still tester. 
I'm the muscle cop. Like you have a lot of muscles, so I need to check your balls just for science. But oh I'm. God. It's just. It's very dark and scary. And um, what was it? What made me laugh is that Andy said this reminded him of early Jersey, and I'm like, what early Jersey are you watching that this reminds you of? No, I was trying like, to think that too. I'm trying to think. Well, I don't. Kim think... D maybe made some empty threats. Um, there were a lot of threats. I feel that's the way they speak there. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, there was a there was a lot of threats, and it's um, it's tiring. But listen, it keeps us talking because it was like a very highly rated reunion, and um. It was like the highest numbers yeah. and years. And why don't we get into the recap? Because it's been it. been a long recap coming. This part three, I mean, it starts off with Teresa and Joe. Like, how did you feel overall once the Jersey reunion was over? Um, Honestly, I don't know how I feel because I don't know what they're going to do. I felt Andy made a good point of going around to everybody Um. like talking about their relationships, Danielle and Rachel and Margaret and Jen and trying to make sure that everybody was ready to move on. I don't think there's any moving on with Teresa and Melissa. So I feel unsettled because I don't know what it's going to be. I mean, not unsettled, obviously. Oh, no, I can't sleep. That bothered. But like, I I just I want what are they going to do next season? What are they going to do? And I don't think they should fire Melissa. I don't think, like, this is the thing, like, they did the pretending for so long that it just got too much, because when Teresa came back from jail, they were pretending everything was Uh hunky-dory, and so uh, now it's like, well, they hate each other, but then I feel like Melissa's better at at least pretending she's fine, because even her last words were like, I'll just, you know, whatever the family wants to do. She said, I love you, right? I'll always love you. I wish, you know, whatever. Teresa can't do that, though. Melissa says, I'll go with the flow, meaning if y'all fire me, then y'all fire me. If you don't, Mm -hmm. then I'll I'll film with this bitch. But I think that the one that is just exerting her power and she's like reminding everybody that she was here first and that Mm -hmm. you know it's Teresa and I think a part of that has to do with her husband being in her ear telling her she's 1000 percent yeah telling her she's the star and this show wouldn't be nothing without you and yada 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 and so that's my perception because Teresa wasn't this um I mean she was very territorial of the show before mm-hmm. but she but she wasn't as blatant and vocal about it until she met her now husband and so it comes off like this is my show you're on my territory and we have been having this argument about Melissa going on the show behind her back for 10 years mm-hmm. and right. I'm with the barking I am over it I don't know what Melissa Gorga is expected to do at this point other than leave the show if she but she's not going to do that you know what I mean so right um we do begin the show with Frank um discussing his new teeth but then Louis gets asked about wearing Nana's pajamas um That made me cringe because I completely blocked off that from my memory. That's okay, not- so I know I noticed that Louis has a pattern of saying things, then being asked about what is said, and then, oh, no, I didn't mean it that way with everything. Even though he says it quite clear and concisely, like, 
he spins it and he wrote yeah. he like reframes it on the spot he's really he good at re- it. yeah uh-huh. he's really good at reframing that and he he comes across as he's trying to just be peaceful like even towards right. the end i know we're jumping ahead but even towards the end okay. when he like when he like walked around and like shook everybody's hand oh. and and when John Fuda was like, no, fuck off. I was like, good. I was happy. I know. I was happy because even go, even Gorga shook his hand because I think Gorga knows that they have a show to do. And it's just frustrating that it's right. like, like, how much of this is, are you just not going to put up with? Because right. when Fuda was like, nope, you need to apologize if you want to move on. And mm-hmm. Louis, Louis got rejected. I was like, thank you. Chef's kiss. No, um, I liked that too. But this entire episode revolved around the Gorgas and Teresa and uh, Joe wants to believe that Louis is sincere, but then he says he put his, when he puts his guard down, that's when he gets screwed over. He says he just wanted a brother-in-law. He wants humble Teresa back. He says that they used to talk daily, but she says, well, only because we were filming. That's, oh. when, Mel- <laughs> that's when Melissa interjects. She tells Melissa to shut the fuck up. Um, Andy was over it because these two just would not stop interrupting. Um, he wants opinions, but Teresa right. and Melissa could not stop arguing. Um, Teresa is convinced that Melissa and Joe have dragged her through the mud, and she thinks that Melissa's a gaslighting bitch. Now, what's funny to me is that Teresa made a big deal about not going out with the Gorgas. And she's like, you guys never invited me when I was single. But right. I'm like, uh, but I sat there and was like, well, you didn't invite Dolores to your engagement party because she was I know. Thinking, so what is it here, mama? But well, I think this is did. typical hypocritical Teresa <laughs> behavior, let's be honest. But I already thought about the rebuttal. Teresa would be like, well, that's my sister-in-law and my brother. Like, right, you know, right, I, right. I, I know my friend Teresa. She's not like, being I'm... a good sister-in-law. <laughs> now- what are your thoughts? Do you enjoy the house husband scenes? Because then we get a whole segment on the house husbands. I do. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure why. Um, I feel they're really the only husbands that get this in the franchise. I mean, the other husbands we see in the scenes, but usually in the other shows, they're not as involved as these are. Must be I something think- in the Jersey water. I think they tried to do the husbands in Salt Lake City in season three, and it was cringy because it was yeah, not working. No, they had no chemistry. Yeah, I do think the boys of Jersey have chemistry, and they yes. get along, and they're funny-ish. Um, I don't like that much of them, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I I don't like. I don't like that we get like. Now listen, they had their cast trip in Ireland this season, and. You knew the trip was boring if they had a check on the husbands because I'm I like, mean, really? Yeah. Really? We're going to get yeah. a whole scene of the husbands while the women are on vacation. That's true. Um, but Frank gets questioned about letting Dolores go. He defends her dynamic. Um, Bill defends his profession and says that he does need to decompress after work. Mm-hmm. But, he, but he does believe that he's more available for his family now. Polly has been separated for 14 years, um, but he's finally probably going to get divorced. I wonder why he stayed married. I I know somebody that stayed married for, they, I mean, if the husband hadn't have died, like they would still be married, even though this person was with somebody else. And I think it was for tax. I was going to say, there has to be some financial reason these people. When you have a lot of money, sometimes that happens, but I don't. I don't know anything about Polly. He has a nice house, but I don't. I, I don't forget know. his. I forget his accent. 
Um, I know, me too. He has a cute accent, but I'm just like, okay, well, there you go. But yeah. even Andy came off confused. Now, this is when Mr. Fuda asked Louis why he had, why Louis had his family investigated. And John Fuda says he has the information that shares that Louis did indeed hire Bo, Bo Deedle. Now, a lot of people were making fun of the fact or questioning why John's receipts were not showed from his big manila envelope. Right. I, I think that NBC, Bravo, whoever, the big, the suits did not want to have anything to do with this as far as proof or to like, you know what I mean? Because at Probably. That point, if they showed any documentation that proves it, then they're liable to like be subpoenaed and like, mm -hmm. let's get the footage and give me those, like, you know what I mean? And right, so, right. Because if Fuda is indeed on payroll, then he's an employee. And so there's this whole legal aspect. And I think that's why they didn't want to show anything that yeah you're probably right envelope. see this is how much i overthink about this because i'm just like okay there has to be some well, yeah. objective reason there has to be some reason the suits were like nope we're not doing this and maybe same thing with margaret and the receipts that she brought of yeah, them like, calling of louis threatening her son at work or whatever yeah they don't want to get involved i guess well, Louis backpedals and says that he misspoke mm -hmm. and that Bo is just one of his best friends. He did not hire him, but there was a favor involved and it's just Louis being with semantics. So what does that mean? Come on. Exactly. Like, what the fuck does that even mean at this point? It's like, what are you saying? And it was pretty scary to me that Rachel said that when her and Melissa were out together, that Bo was at the table next to them. I, uh -uh. What, the, what the fuck is that? Uh -uh. He's just there coincidentally. That is bullshit. I'm sorry. Mm -mm. I I'm not sorry. Out. Not apologizing. Uh, no, like I would have just... moved tables if I recognized it was him. Because how do you have a conversation? This guy's I listening need... to everything. I need you with me because I would have just started crying. Um, <laughs> I would have been like, "Yeah, we're here." God, would have been like, "Excuse me, Garcia." Like... <laughs> <laughs> I would have started sobbing, throw my wallet at him, tell him to leave me alone. Um, but then. As they're discussing this Bodito person, Andy says that production just got a call from security who is there to protect Louis and Teresa because Louis says that they need security because they've gotten death threats. They try to blame Margaret for needing security, which is just laughable. I'm ridiculous. Just like, are you Rid freaking ridiculous? Like now, the part that made me cackle was when Frank Sr. <laughs> tried to say that Louis hired Bo to start a smear campaign. <laughs> <laughs> against frank and joe and gorga yeah i'm like i didn't see a damn thing at all first me neither like, i didn't see anything nobody either. is talking about frank senior nobody cares and uh -uh. listen i like frank i would gladly touch his biceps but i don't think there was ever like what is he talking about first of all like it just made me laugh because i'm like okay you're I not know. you're not a housewife no he's not even a house husband <laughs> anymore and he he already smeared himself badly enough when he had stole from his trust account and got disbarred so yes, what else like, what else are they gonna say everything that's been out there about mr frank we he's a cheater know. we know that and first of all this man voluntarily dressed up as a easter bunny so oh at that God. point you are smearing yourself and there is greasy nothing. rabbit <laughs> 
There's <laughs> nothing worse that anybody could have pulled out other than that picture that he took himself. Which, by mm-hmm. the way, I still want a calendar. I still, I'm gonna, just talk <laughs> out, I'm gonna talk out of both sides of my ass because it was a hideous picture, but it was hilarious. So funny. Um, but that was just a funny little aspect of wow. Uh, yeah. But then we get back to the oven talk. Louis claims he invested hundred and ten thousand dollars from Teresa's account. I noticed that little detail. Wow. I didn't catch that. That was a good catch. I didn't catch that. Mm-hmm. He, know, he he invested 110 from Teresa's account because Joe wanted to start a pizza business. Mm-hmm. Louis then launches into this story that sounds like he did steal Gorga's idea. Yes. And that's when Melissa and Teresa are chiming in. Andy tells them they're both embarrassing. Um. <laughs> Joe Gorga says that they never talked about the money part, just the concept, which I mean, that who does business like that, first of all? Like, if I, you, I mean, I can't. That's when Fuda states the obvious and said that there should have been some sort of service agreement. Um, Louis gets asked about Dina's husband, Dave, and their issues. That's when Gorga calls Louis a woman abuser. Louis throws another thread out and says, Joe, you're going to regret this. Like, I don't know if he, and then. At this point, Louis could be like, oh, I just meant you're going to regret saying it. I didn't mean anything else. Like, you know right. what I mean? So right, I, because he didn't say exactly what the threat was, but it, it came across as threatening. It came across as threatening. Andy, doing his job, asked Teresa about blaming the Gorgas if, about the whole Fed thing. Mm-hmm. At the time, Frank Sr. was Joe's lawyer. He said that Gorga never cooperated with the Feds when they wanted information. Uh, Teresa brings up Jacqueline, Lorita. Andy thinks it's the joke of the century that she relies on information. I mean, come on. <laughs> By the way, I did love production giving us the footage where they just talk shit about each other. I know. I know. Endlessly. It was. I know. Production has stepped it, was... it up in the latest installment of Housewives shows. <laughs> yes. And it was hilarious. And Teresa then warns her brother saying to watch out because he has stuff in his past too. <sighs> oh. I'm like, wow. And then Joe Gorga says he does not regret going to the wedding. I, at this point, I don't think he has to regret it. I, I was sad Why when would I heard he? he didn't. I, yeah. It was sad when I first he heard that. But now it's like, good. Like, do not. How can you blame him? I mean. Exactly. Uh, we then get to the story about the cheating rumor that Louis said. He said that he did not imply there were multiple men. Teresa swears on her daughters that she's <laughs> telling the truth. Daughters. And that she... And that Gia had no part in this. She tells Gia to find out. And then G- they call Gia to say, is it true that you said A, B, and C, that Gorga could do better than Melissa? Gia says that she did not, that she just wanted to ask her uncle to walk her mom down the plank. I mean, the aisle. The and- plank. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. The shark pit that awaits. A little shark pit there. Um, she wants to know why her uncle's calling her a liar. Gorga tells Joe to just let the little girl talk, not engaged. Well, they Teresa. spun it backstage when they- Teresa stormed off and Louis came and then Andy came and they tried to say, no, just um, like you can do better as a person. Like that's what she was trying to say. Like you should do better in regards to your relationship with my mother. Like not, that's how they tried to spin it. And you know what's interesting is uh, people noticed that Gia was not shocked by the question. Gia's pulled her mom backstage. She's doing great. What I heard or what I saw online mm-hmm. is that um, 
apparently the makeup artist or the hairstylist was on FaceTime the entire time with Gia. So she was watching the reunion as it filmed. Oh, telling her. Yeah. Yeah. And so Gia so was expecting the call. Gia was expecting the call. Gia was expecting everything. So I think that's why Gia came off very prepared for the phone mm -hmm. call, which, and so, yeah. And so right. we then get back, Andy gets back there. Um, Teresa sobs away, telling Joe, do not follow me. He does not move a muscle, which I was kind of proud of him because I'm like, good, let him, let her, let her do her tantrum. Why She's should he? Exactly. Um, the rest of the cast is just over there without Teresa saying that Louis has caused more damage to his family than Joe Judice ever could. Um, after Teresa comes back from sobbing, she says that they're both heartbroken. Mm -hmm. um, Joe then rambles like, hey, if you ever get in a car accident. then I know. What was that? <laughs> if you're ever dying, please make sure to call me. I'll be there. I'm like uh, hanging on by a thread. Exactly. Uh, Gorga and Louis agree to end their messy behavior, but we always know there's caveats. Louis then hugs Gorga, tries to approach Fuda, but he is not falling for that shit. So he just, weird. He just wants an honest conversation, but we know he's not going to get it. Never. Uh, Dolores says what we're all thinking. This all feels really somber because nothing gets resolved. Mm -hmm. She admits that it's time for the Gorga and for the Gorgas and Teresa to just split up because right. they're so toxic. Jennifer, trying to secure her spot for next season, claims she's exhausted from fighting with Marge and she just wants to start over. Um, <laughs> she wishes that they could have Like been a good housewife should. Exactly. Um, Teresa reflects on the season. She said she was trying to make nice with Melissa. Melissa felt like she's the one that bent over backwards. They feel the same about their fight. You know, like they both yes. feel that they're trying to do, that they were both trying to keep the peace and they were both denying each other. So right. how, do you, how do you get out of this? chaos circle of chaos you don't exactly and it's just you like, don't yeah sad it made it did make me want to vomit when melissa was like i love you and i'm like Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. i like, know you like that was <laughs> i know like, did you ever love her she's your sister-in-law there's no law that says you have to love her really exactly. you're not blood related Good God. I have uh, to tell you, I was disappointed in Dolores this episode, though, because she really shut down the whole thing about Frankie Jr. and his job with Louie. Um, she's a housewife. She should have. Maybe she just doesn't want to bring him into it. Maybe she's scared of Louie, but it was disappointing for me. Well, I saw speculation online that Louie probably has stuff on her, too. And so he she oh, has to shit. That's true. Yeah. Like she has to protect Louie, not protect Louie, but she doesn't want to get on his protect side. herself. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's what the speculation I saw was like Dolores shut it down because she does not want to be on like the receiving okay. end. So, but I don't know if that's true. Yeah. Obviously. Well, if it is true, then I understand. But like, yeah. I mean, how can Bravo bring him back? That's my question. Forget about Teresa and Melissa. How can this man who's threatening people and investigating people be brought back? That's what's fast. It's scary because I don't know what they're going to do next season. And um, I don't see the show being productive. Obviously, it's not a productive, you know, Super Soul Sunday. But yeah. I think if we just regurgitate the same story over and over. And I think that's the problem with Atlanta because season 14 is a repeat of what's going on right now. You know what I mean? Like season right. 15. 
So right, season right. 15, they're just repeating what happened in 14. We already saw the same Candy Marlowe feud that won't go anywhere. Right. And so at this point, it's like, okay, are we really going to do Teresa and Melissa again? And yes, mm. people are invested because they have been watching this show for over 10 years. And that's why the high ratings are there. Uh-huh. But come on, like, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. It's a lot. It's a lot. And I just don't understand or not understand, but I don't see how it can go anywhere else. Like mm. they're never going to make up. They're never going to like each other. They're not going to fake it anymore. So they have to make some kind of decision, but I just don't know. I, I don't know what it's going to be. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see what's going to be. And um, I'm excited to see what, what happens because they always do this to me. They always keep me coming back for more. I know. I know it. Well, no that way. was that was Jersey, y'all. We're gonna take a little break and come back with Orange County, which was much chipper and better than oh, it was dark, good, yeah, than the dark cloud of Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> we will be right back. Hey, everybody! Welcome back. It is now time to discuss Real Housewives of Orange County episode two. So I'm really enjoying it so far. What about you? I think, you know, I tweeted last night that Andy always um, tends to overhype as he does. That's his role. Um, He's like, oh, it's a return to form. He said that. But I honestly believe him. It feels this time. I think he's not like exaggerating because it feels refreshed. It feels like it used to. It does. Even because when Dubrow came back last season, it didn't feel as OC-ish. It didn't feel... It wasn't enough based on the other people, too. For sure. That were on the show. For sure. But there's something about Tamara being back on the show that makes it feel like Orange County. And it also feels like her arguments with Shannon feel genuine and they feel like it's not strictly for the show. Obviously, it's hard for the show. But when Dubrow came back, it felt very produced. It felt very scheduled. It felt, it didn't feel authentic to me. Um, I know Teddy Mellencamp agrees with Mario. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, but Dubrow uh, just brings a sense of organization that we, I do enjoy, which. We'll oh, I enjoy into. it too. Yeah. We'll, <laughs> we'll get into her little uh, office depot warehouse later. Oh, but The um, arsenal. <laughs> it was oh, a literal job. arsenal. I was in heaven as a Virgo. I'm sitting there like, oh my God, this is I know, the organization of everything. But I did want to acknowledge the OC taglines. Do you have a favorite tagline this season? Because they showed them last night. Um, What did I like? I think I like Emily's taco. (laughs) Oh, you you lesbian. Oh my God. I don't really like her taco. Not that taco. Okay, so here we go. (laughs) Shannon's tagline is, in Orange County, I call the shots. And it's always tequila. All right. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. (laughs) Heather Dubrow is, I live my life in HD. Sharp, bright, and more focused than ever. Okay. Okay. It's, it's, you know, it tracks, I guess, on brand for her. She should have been like, I live my life in HF, highly favored or something. Right. If you want to waste my time, at least add me a taco. Um, that's that made me laugh. It made me laugh. Yes. It made me, and you know what I'm noticing is that Emily is a better housewife without Gina. And I agreed. 
I had this realization last night and I couldn't sleep thinking about it because this entire time I kept wondering, why are they back? Why are they back? Why? I've always aligned them together because they came on the show together. Right. But yesterday seeing Emily without Gina in a group scene, I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. It's so funny. My friend Brandy literally just texted me. I'm liking Emily this season. I know. I really, I do really like her now. I I wasn't sure for a while, but I do like her and she's better without Gina. Like, I mean, not that they're not still friends, but I just, I think I'm glad she broke off onto her own island. Yeah, I I think, you know, Gina's cool, but she's not really, she's just there. Um, Gina's tagline, the difference between my past and my present. Well, that's just apples and oranges. I don't know what kind of accent I thought I was doing, but it wasn't New York. Um, (laughs) And that was obviously a nod to her being raised in New York. Right. Now, Jen- Jennifer, the new housewife, my core may be strong, but my resilience is stronger. Okay. So she does yoga. So that's a nod to that with a core thing. I don't know her well enough. So, okay. For me, for me, you kind just vanilla. Called- Jennifer just called me fat by saying that. And I do not, I take umbrage. <laughs> I take umbrage with the fact that her core is strong in my Mine will be like, my core is flabby, but my arms are flabbier. Um, And then Tamara Judge, who tagline caused a bit of a drama, says, I might have been on pause, but now I'm ready to play. I like that tagline. I like it it too. It turns out that Dorinda Medley claimed that tagline in 2021. (laughs) And I just want to give a shout out to whatever intern gay producer saw that tagline and was right. like, let's give it to Tamara. And they, knowing damn well, Dorinda was going to get mad. <laughs> but um, it, D- Dorinda was like, that's my Good. tagline. And, and so. Yeah, but, but she was, doesn't have a show to have a tagline for now. So slow your <laughs> roll, Dorin. <laughs> Calm down. Here's a tagline. You're still on pause. No, right. um, they're filming right now. Be happy. You have something to film. Exactly. I love it. Um, so anyway, last night was good. I think last, last night they did was a, good. They did a solid episode. Um, Agreed. And next week looks good too. And that's why Tamara, when the trailer came out, said that they left out a lot of drama from the trailer. I'm glad. Which, like I said before, I don't want all the spoilers. No, for sure. Yeah. So, but next week looks good too. So uh, yeah. Tamara is also excellent at reading a tagline. She knows oh. all the right emphasis. She's she's good. For sure. I love she's it. She's good. So the last night's episode started with Jen with the two N's. Um, of course, she was sitting down, uh, waiting for Emily, meeting Emily for drinks. And they were waiting for Gina, who is late, of course. Uh, they talked about the yoga day. And Jen says she thinks it went well. And Gina yeah. arrives um, and she orders a turkey burger. That's how she Please. says it. I'll have a turkey burger. <laughs> she needs to take a breath before she orders. Because that's oh how long God. She, like, her talking is like, I'll have a turkey burger. So Gina tells us that she's no longer drinking. She actually looks amazing. If she was drinking that much where it was making her look, you know, bloated or heavier or whatever, I don't like it's doing the right thing for her because she do looks amazing. Think, do we think that her drinking caused her horrible hair? <laughs> <laughs> the the extensions where you could see the tape in the back of her head, the color, which which horrible hair? Because there were so many different horrible hairstyles. Because now I'm sitting here like, oh, that's why you had terrible hair. Okay. Right. 
So she no longer drinks, but she is Cali sober, which we all know what that is. It means you smoke a little weed, which is all fine and good. Uh, So Jen lets us know that she met Ryan, her current boyfriend, while she was still married and her marriage was dying at this time. And then we're treated to a picture of her ex-husband, which makes me wonder if we're going to see him on the show when he comes home and is living there, you know, and she goes to the boyfriend's. Yeah, I think we will because his face is not blurred out and she's been saying his name and everything. Right, right. And she said she had the affair, but there was no sex until she was separated and which Gina thinks is like, come on. And she's like, well, what would you do if you're, you know, Travis was sitting in a room talking to a girl on the phone for hours on end? And then she kind of understood. But I mean, do you think there was no sex? Do we buy that? I don't buy that. I think that she's better off at pretending it's an emotional affair than to not for some reason i mean people are still going to judge because they're going to whether it's emotional of course yeah still having some sort of affair but um i'm surprised i think we're setting up a jen versus gina at some point because i think we are too yeah got cheated on you know what i mean so it's like right oh oh it's like a yeah that's true. And then for what we see for next week, which we'll talk about. But yeah, I think you're right. Um, So then Gina tells them how her friend has a boat and has offered the boat for the day for them to have a party. And she's having a flamingo themed pink party. Okay, so unfortunately, later, which we'll talk about, Gina gets COVID and can't come to the party. So it was this like, that was the only day that they could use this boat. Was this actually her party? Or was this like, I mean, no, I know. Like, to me, it sounds too like, much into it. To me, it sounds like production rented a boat for Gina and was like, here, you need to host a party because you never <laughs> right, exactly. Anything. Right. So... And it was already on the schedule. So sorry, we can't <laughs> change it. It's not your party anymore. <laughs> that Her was so friend, sad. Alex Baskin or whoever is. That is so UFC. that is so sad as a housewife that you're I know. Like, I mean, come on. I like, know the fact that your own event was hijacked because you got sick. Like it's like, oh well. I know that's awful. <laughs> so, um, then we we get treated to Heather packing her kids up for college, and I'm assuming she's in her garage of their old house, which they've sold now. Um, so I've done that. I've taken my kids to college a couple of times and bought stuff. I never ordered that much stuff to the house, like, and then had it shipped. Cause I know her one son goes to her, Nikki, her son goes to school in LA. So that I can understand that we're bringing it. But Max goes to Tufts in Boston. And it's like, where do you ship that stuff? I mean, that's it. When they showed that like Office Depot warehouse, I'm like, oh my God, like this is yeah. a lot. Like there was, just endless stuff and then heather's kids were like wow this is the list keeps growing over and over and then heather she had an organizer like a professional and and an assistant (laughs) i know i know i mean i'll come over and work for her anytime anytime please put me on payroll we got i can totally just chime in and act like i know what i'm doing i know i know and like while she's doing this she gets a phone call First from Shannon, I believe. Yeah, Shannon, who says she's on her way to the restaurant to meet Tamara for this sit down that they're having. And then after that conversation, who calls? Tamara calls to tell Heather she's on the way to the restaurant for the sit down with Shannon. And I think that um, 
I think that Heather told Tamara that her and Shannon have a completely different perspective on what happened in their demise, the demise of their relationship. They both think they were right, I believe. And um, Tamara is like, really? Like she's shocked by it. But I think Tamara thinks that she's so right. And I personally am on Tamara's side in this because I remember when they show in the flashbacks of how she was always there for Shannon, taking the late phone calls, listening to her cry on the phone. And then anytime that Tamara had something to say about something that was going on in her life, it felt like Shannon wasn't interested. Do you remember that? For sure. It just yeah. always, it, to me, it's never been about like, it. what's interesting about this relationship is that Shannon has always been more like vocal with her emotions and very like oh yeah dramatic and unhinged and all this crap right. and Tamara's always been like the stronger shoulder to lean on so right now that we're at the place where Tamara was sort of down she does feel like you know yeah you weren't there for me when I needed you and not everybody can be there for you how you were there for them but it to me it's really True. hard it's really hard to come back to a friendship when you feel like they have let you down or they betrayed you or something. Well, it's hard to be in a friendship where it's very one-sided like that. And I've had, like, everybody has friendships like that where you're like, you answer the phone, you listen to their problems for like an hour and a half. And then when you start to talk about yourself and something, they're like, oh, gotta go. I mean, Yeah, for sure. Like they just completely dismiss you and ignore your feelings. And it's um, sad. So anyway, both of them arrive at the restaurant. Uh, Shannon is in white jeans. Shocker. I mean, still with the white jeans in Orange (laughs) County. I mean, I like a pair of white jeans, but I I mean, enough, enough. I'm sorry. Just they, they like rub me the wrong way a little bit. Um, So then um, after that, uh, Tamara tries to explain to her, do you not get it? Like you've, you've been not a good friend for so many years. You've never been there. So Shannon says she's been a good friend to Tamara and Tamara says ish, which yes, as we've just discussed, that's absolutely true. And Shannon gets upset because Tamara had posted a quote about fake friends and Shannon took it. Shannon took it personally thinking it was directed towards her. Um, If you are taking a quote personally like that from somebody and you think it's directed towards you there's a good chance that it probably is um and then so Tamara says she needed Shannon emotionally more than ever and she felt ghosted by her after she was fired and Shannon says she doesn't get Shannon says Tamara doesn't get how she hurts people and then they play a clip of Shannon of Tamara saying that Shannon has a drinking problem and that she's neurotic Okay, the funny thing that I have to stop at is in the end of the episode or another part in the episode, we learned that Shannon actually had to look up ghosted because she didn't <laughs> she didn't know what it meant. I mean, she's got three teenage daughters. You would think that she would, and she's on a television show. Like, I don't know. You think that she would be up on the lingo, but I'm guessing not. So Tamara says she doesn't know where they should go from here. And Shannon says that, They can move forward and see if there's a way that they can repair their friendship. And Tamara says she doesn't know where they'll end up, but they'll see what the future holds. And they hug it out. And then Tamara leaves. I thought it was weird. I thought they were like meeting for lunch or something. And and Shannon had just ordered a drink and Tamara gets up and goes. But I mean, of course, we don't know how long they've actually been there filming. So I did think it was strange, though. So Jen with the two ends has five kids with her ex-husband and says her life is a beautiful chaos. 
She says she wouldn't have it any other way. Um, and then says that she wonders if her kids dislike Ryan for breaking up her marriage with Will. I wonder. I don't know. I'm not, I haven't seen them enough to see the interaction, but it seems like everything is okay at their house. Uh, she says her life has gone easy and Ryan got along with her kids well. Um, she said that she was a foster mom, which I thought that that was such a nice story. She had a foster child, um, her son, Dominic, and he was a baby and he never wanted to leave her to go, you know, with his biological mom. And then she ended up adopting him when he was five. Next, we are at Hut Fitness, which unfortunately after 10 years is closing. Um, it's sad. I feel like you know, you have such hope when you open a business and then COVID struck and I guess they just had to shut down. Um, yeah, I think that Tamara was being very hard on herself because it just feels like a failure. And right. But they lasted a really long time in terms, especially when you put it in the For context. Of, yeah. And when you put it in the context of housewife businesses, like to last 10 years, it's... <laughs> I mean, we never got a Sonia toaster oven, so... Yeah, where the hell's the toaster oven? Exactly. I still haven't used so, the pizza oven, by the way. I, I need to... I need keep to forgetting pizza. about it. Yeah. <laughs> so they're super bummed that their gym is closing. They're taking down stuff, and Tamara recaps how much the gym is meant to them. Um, she shares that Emily texted her to give her a pep talk, in spite of the fact that Tamara called Emily Shrek, which we get treated to a flashback of that. And she deduces that Emily has a big heart and thinks that, um, you know, they'll be able to work things out. And do you think um, that Emily is scared of Tamara? I think that Emily is smart because she's a lawyer and yes. she knows what the fuck she's doing. Yes. And so I think that she's better having, she knows that it's better to have Tamara on your side, especially in this world. Um, yes. Not to not to deny that Emily doesn't have a big heart, but if Emily came at Tamara like you called me, you know what I mean. So it's What's like the point of that. Yeah, I mean exactly. So I don't. I think that it's a mixture of I need her on my side, and I'm scared of her, and a little frightened. Yeah. And a little, and Tamara is actually very likable. So, you know, it works out. She really is. I mean, you just have to not, not, not upset not, her, not, not piss her off. <laughs> exactly. But you know what? I can appreciate her because she just puts it all right out there. Okay. Absolutely. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. So anyway, um, Eddie says that he's unsure how David lasted as long as he did with Shannon when they just start discussing her. Well, I'm actually unsure of how Shannon lasted with David that long too. So I'm just going to put that out there because he was no prize. I mean, he was a cheater. He wasn't that nice to her. So I I'm kind of. That was a little, it was a little harsh. harsh. Yeah. I thought it was harsh. So Tamara said that the time she spent with Shannon and John is not great. And they were just drunk and fought and she thinks they're just sticking it out. Well, maybe. Maybe. And she, I think she mentioned something about how she would get, um, was this later or was it here where she would get phone calls that John left her in a restaurant drunk somewhere? Like, I mean, that's, that's no basis for a relationship, just getting drunk and then fighting and then leaving each other. That's, that can't be any good. No, so, for sure. I mean, we see Emily and Shane, um, 
driving and Gina calls. She's sick for her own party with COVID. And like I said before, the boat her friend allegedly let her borrow is only available that day. Um, Even with COVID, though, Gina goes over there and she stands outside and they gossip about Shannon and Tamara. Um, I mean, with the social distance gossiping. That's so funny. I was, it was hella funny that they kept their distance and they're like, we still got a scene to film. So I, I know. I, hilarious. So yeah. Emily admits that she has trust issues with Tamara and hopes that Shannon and Tamara own it and just move on. Um, so all the girls, we see them getting their glam for the boat trip. Uh, Heather looks up what flamingo was. And I had never heard of this word either, and neither had Mario. Uh, Tamara and Jen, what what did the word mean? It was something like... It's when you're awkwardly mingling somewhere that you're so awkward that you just lift oh, your leg up. That you lift your leg up like a flamingo. That is I'm going to do of, that just for fun. That is some sort of skinny bitch exercise because I would never <laughs> be able to just lift my leg up randomly in like mid-conversation. Oh, I'm good. Like I can do the tree pose really well in yoga. Okay. So I could do that. I could lift my leg up and stand there. So I think I'm just going to do that just, just to hella, do it. Hella Even bendy. I'm not feeling awkward. I love um, it. So Tamara and Jen with the two ends plan to get drunk ass on the way to the party and they start some and then start some shit when they get there. Since Gina has COVID, Emily has taken over as the host. The boat looks really cute and I think she was the best person to take over. Her or Heather Dubrow. Definitely best people. So <laughs> Mario, was Heather's outfit? What do you think? It was a choice. It was um, very relaxed. It, yes. you know, maybe she's Sneakers. toning down. She's toning down the fancy pants. But um, I did wonder how would Beverly Hills have handled the assignment? Because listen, OC is not known for their fashion games, and the fact this that they're true. doing the fact that they're doing a themed party, I'm like, okay, well, um, you know, sure. <laughs> It, it just they showed up and I was like oh okay yeah yeah it was I mean her in. sneakers were probably a thousand dollars but that that doesn't make them something I would necessarily wear yeah it was a little party. plain a little plain Jane it was definitely a little plain Jane and I what I don't understand also is these girls in their high heels getting on a boat I've been to many boat parties yacht parties whatever you get on usually you have to take your shoes off so I'm always surprised they let them keep them on because they're not boat shoes. And it, it's surprising to me. Anyway, uh, so Emily tells Tamara that she did a great job with the gym and they're talking about it. And Tamara's happy that it lasted 10 years. And as they're having this little moment, Fancy Pants interrupts by asking them to go find the penthouse, which is the top of the boat. Yes. So she's definitely an interrupter. Uh, <laughs> Shannon arrives. She is. I mean, she definitely is an interrupter and it's fine, but you know, whatever. So Shannon arrives and Tamara tells her she looks beautiful. Um, and then we get treated to Taylor Armstrong in episode two. I did quick. not yeah. expect that. I thought that we would get like a bigger entrance from her. I thought Me we too. would get some sort of like walking down the gangplank. Yeah, no, she just popped it. She popped it out of nowhere, yeah. Yeah. So Tamara references the ultimate girls trip and how close she and Taylor became. Um, And yes, like we love when they break the fourth wall like that. 
And I love that they do that now without, and they air it. Like, I think it's great. Um, Heather says she and Taylor have seen each other socially and always plan to hang out. So now that Taylor is on the payroll, they will. Um, Heather raises, <laughs> I know it's like, okay. It's like, all right, bye. We're, we're coworkers now. Heather raises a toast to Gina who missed the party. And as Jen with two ends shares a story about her foster child, Shannon rudely <laughs> interrupts because she saw John's kid on a boat that was like, a little bit behind them. Oh my God, is that John? Is that John? It's John's son. It's John's son. Like, shut the fuck up. That was so obnoxious. Like, how does Shannon so not- rude. How does Shannon not notice that she's doing that? Like, come no, on. No, she's, there's no self-awareness there because she she apologizes later and it's just like, oh my God, I'm so sorry out. I did that. I didn't exactly. realize I did that. Really? I didn't did you not realize? Oops. <laughs> So, uh, selfish Shannon triggers Tamara and encourages Jen with two ends to say something. Jen with two ends says this interruption is what Tamara has been enduring with Shannon. And it's true because we've seen it. We saw it in the flashbacks. We've seen it. Uh, Heather tries to reroute the conversation to the adoption and Shannon is focused still on the water. Uh, she's not paying attention, of course, doing her best Vicky Gumbelson impression by completely ignoring Jen with two ends. Yeah, that was <laughs> reminiscent of uh, Miss Vicky. I know. I thought about Vicky. I'm like, oh, this is some shit Vicky would have done. Like, who cares? I mean, like, like, nobody cares about the new girl. Yeah. So Tamara says this reminds her of how much she needs Shannon, and Shannon is nowhere, of course, to be found. Uh, mm -hmm. Taylor says that she's been cast in a movie. Which. I which is so strange to me. And she asked our resident actress to join her for an acting class. And you know, damn um, well, Heather was like, holla. Of course. Cause she recaps how fabulous she is as an actress and singer. She prefers to throw her shot glass instead of taking the shot. Also when the not shirtless bartender, he said he was going to serve them shirtless. He came back up with the shots and he wasn't shirtless by the way. So that was oh, a disappointment. That what a disservice because that man was delicious i know and it yeah heather i think was a little hammered in this episode did you notice that i did heather it was coming off like woo. <laughs> i know it's funny i like a stoned and drunk heather dubrow so keep Me going too. keep going Me with too. that here okay so emily asked tamra um if she needs to let go of some of her anger with Shannon, or maybe she doesn't ask, maybe she tells her. And Heather, of course, comes over and interrupts and sits right between the two of them. And Emily says she does that all the time. And then if they flash back to like two seconds later, can we go to the penthouse? When she was interrupting that conversation. Um, Heather asks questions to Tamara about what she wants from the friendship with Shannon. And then Heather... <laughs> Is, or not Heather, Tamara is, Tamara says that she just wants Shannon to take some responsibility, but she can't. And then she says, Shannon can fuck a duck. <laughs> Listen, She's, sometimes, sometimes things are so stupid. They're funny because it is true. Because fuck a duck makes no sense to me. I've never heard of fuck a duck. Oh, I've heard of fuck a duck. It made me laugh. I had never heard of fuck a duck and I'm like, oh, quack quack bitch because well now I, i'm gonna have to use it yeah me too because i'm like okay i'm totally stealing this because it was hilarious well but. did you ever use kick rocks or go scratch before jersey because i didn't 
I've used Kick Rocks before. Um, okay. Uh, Ghost Scratch. Ghost Scratch, no, but Kick Rocks is a. <laughs> I've I've heard of Kick Rocks many times. Like you can Kick Rocks. Um, my sister used. My sister used to say, "Why don't you go sit on a candle, bitch?" I don't know uh. where she got that from. <laughs> I have no idea. It's a good but one too. I still say, "Sit on a candle, bitch." Like I don't know why she said that. <laughs> But That's it was funny. just one of those like random like right right fuck a duck sit on a candle kick rocks right go, go scratch go scratch I stick to the uh, iconic OG they never go out of style uh, Brandy Glanville when she says oh fuck off yeah I like fuck <laughs> off fuck off is good it's a it's just right to the point right just to the point. fuck off fuck off. So at this point, Tamara is yelling so loudly and basically everybody can hear her on the other end of the boat. Um, Emily says that Tamara enabled Shannon's dependency on her because she didn't set boundaries when Shannon was being a nuisance. And it is true because she would take phone calls from her at all hours of the night and listen to her. And sometimes we do do that with people. And then that's why they end up taking advantage. So. And I do um, want to point out that Tamara, like us, is a Virgo. So we are guilty of doing the most. Yes, I know. I want to. I want to say that. I want to yeah. honor us. We are angels. Fault me for being the an most. angel. <laughs> so Emily says that Tamara cannot keep yelling that the duck has to be fucked. The duck has been fucked, and we need <laughs> to move on. <laughs> that made me laugh emily is making me laugh more i don't know i what know she's just kind of calmed down and eased into her role now i feel like i, I thought that was funny she's like the yeah. duck has been fucked we the need to move on I thought that, that was funny so then emily tells shannon when they're sitting down at dinner that she needs to apologize for interrupting jen with the two ends and jen with the two ends says she doesn't need to be the center of attention Tamara tells Shannon that interrupting everyone else is how Shannon operates. And it's true. Uh, Shannon doesn't want to bring a bunch of people into the fight with Tamara. And then Tamara yells at Emily that she never liked Shannon and wonders why she's now sticking up for her. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. I feel that Gina, or, uh, not Gina, Emily and Shannon have had their back and forth, but I don't even know if she's sticking up for her as much as she's just trying to get it going. I think Emily was just trying to mediate and play producer by making them talk and argue but right. um I think Tamara was a little hammered and she thought that oh Emily Tamara was, was a lot hammered yeah yeah Emily was she, it came off like Emily was defending Shannon I don't think right she was, though. I don't think she was either so uh Tamara keeps screaming that Shannon is a liar and Shannon says Tamara is becoming unhinged and then says have another drink and Tamara oh. says fuck you you alcoholic and then calls her a drunk, I think, after that and says, you're a liar, liar, liar. Liar, 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 liar. And then at the very end, she's annoyed because Heather, she says to Dubrow, well, why didn't you stick up for me? What is she I'm... supposed to say? Why does she have to get involved at that point? I know. It's just, I can't. I can't. Yeah. And then the episode ends and they're all kind of still getting off the boat. They get back at the dock and that's it. What? What made me laugh is that um, when Heather, or I'm sorry, when um, Tamara said, I'm just going to jump off the boat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Shannon says, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Wow. But then in next week's previews, I think Tamara feels really bad about how she acted because she was super drunk. 
And they had just made up at the restaurant. And then we see her apologizing to Shannon, who but looks like is, she's having none of it. Well, that's the brilliance of Tamara. She knows that she has to apologize. She right. knows that she has to make it right. She has to make it right. nice. So she absolutely knows what she's doing. So that's what I love about Tamara Judge is yes. that she knows how to play the game. So she's like, okay, listen, if I need to, if I want to keep filming with this bitch, then uh -huh. she has to really just make it work. You know what I mean? So dare I say that I think mm -hmm. my favorite housewife is Tamara Judge. For sure. She knows she's she knows her like job she knows, and she does it. She gets the formula. She doesn't take it personal. Like she doesn't right. like there's a there's a level of science that she's mastered because when because she's never been the housewife to come on and be like, this is my show. And that's mm -hmm. the big detriment to a housewife. When they get too big for their things. Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, it's all Teresa. Bad. Exactly. That's it usually true. doesn't go well for them when they do that. Exactly. That's um, Teresa. That's Nene Leaks. Lisa right. Vander. Like Lisa right. Vanderpump never said that's my show. But no. she acted. She acted like it was her show. And... No, but she, she was too much of a an excuse my language pussy to come to the reunion and face those girls. So, oh, girl, bye bye. Well, next week looks bye. interesting. It looks good. I'm glad Taylor Armstrong is in the mix. Um, it does. It's it's looking like a solid season. It feels good. It feels refreshing. I hope people are watching. Mm -hmm. Now that Scandal is over, um, we can move on to the housewife world that we love and adore. What do we have coming next? Because if we're not discussing Atlanta right now, is something else coming? Oh, we have New York is coming. The new New York. The new New York Perfecto. starts in, Jul in July. Yeah. So I'm excited that we'll have OC for a little bit. And then we'll have July with the Real Housewives of New York. Yes. And then eventually we'll get Girl Strip 4. Because I right. know that Girl Strip 5 is filming. Um, and then right now Potomac is filming. They're in the Dominican Republic, I heard. Oh, good. So okay. I think by the fall, we'll get um, Beverly Hills and Potomac back. So that's going to be, you know, these girls yeah. are always on rotation. So it's true. At least they don't leave us hanging all summer with nothing. Absolutely. Thank you, Bravo. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you so much, Bravo. For spoiling us. <laughs> well, this has been another amazing episode. It's been we fabulous. Show ourselves. If we do say to ourselves, we thank you so much for listening, for putting up with our banter. And uh, Leslie, I love talking to you. I love talking to you. And I hope you enjoy your weekends. Thank Mario. you. I will, I will tell Janet Jackson you said hello. And I'm sure she sends her love. She'll remember you. <laughs> Miss Jackson, if you're nasty. If you're nasty. <laughs> oh, good Lord. All right, everybody. All right, we will see y'all soon. Toodles. See you next time. Bye. Bye.